Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. This series, we're reading and studying 1 Peter, and I'm so glad you're here. Joining me today are Rosie Browsen, producer for Afternoons with Bill Arnold, and Maggie Noble, marketing operations manager for Northwestern Media. And for the, for you, so you know, Faith Radio is part of the Northwestern Media Network. Welcome, ladies. Welcome. So glad to be here, Angie. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Yeah. Looking forward to it. So you were on the, Rosie and Maggie were a part of the writing team for the study guide that goes with a study. And if you want to get a copy of that study guide, you can head over to myfaithradio.com and look for the Reading the Bible Together resource page and you can grab that study guide. So what has this writing process with a study guide been like for you guys, Rosie and then Maggie? My goodness, what a interesting question to start off with because the writing process has been interesting. I think at least I, I speak for myself, um, where I wanted to bring out all this rich content for anybody who was going to be going through the study guide and felt like, oh my goodness, before I write anything, I have to get back into First Peter. And so for me, the the process of learning First Peter again in my own life, and a, I might just say a wee bit of confession in a couple areas where I haven't been walking in the knowledge and wisdom of First Peter then to wrap it up and want to help other people um, get to those places. And I think First Peter is challenging, and so the content is challenging. It's not necessarily a fun place to go to, um, and nevertheless, it is rich. And I feel so much like I've grown so much in Christ through the process. Mm. It, yeah, it is a, it's, a challenging, it's a challenging book. It is. What has the writing process been like for you, Maggie? Because you're you're working on the study guide, and then you're also adapting it for because this will be on the U version app as well. Yeah, it started out. It was kind of difficult at first trying to figure out what exactly the theme was that we wanted to bring out because there's so much in First Peter, and there are kind of a lot of themes. So we were kind of swimming around in the depths trying to figure out like what are we what do we want to bring out as our theme? What are the important aspects of that? Um, so we struggled a little bit at the beginning trying to get that nailed down. And I spent a lot of time kind of staring at the blank page wondering, what do I say about this? <laughs> or what verses do we want to talk about? What do we want to bring out? So that was that was definitely difficult. And I think all of us kind of struggled at the beginning trying to wrestle with that and figure it out. And then we had a lot of really good conversations, just the three of us, me, Amanda, and Rosie, just trying to figure out what we wanted to say. And then once we once we kind of figured that out for ourselves, then I feel like things really clicked and it got a lot it got a lot easier. Words started to flow for me. I think they started to flow for you too, Rosie. Once it kind of clicked, then I think we kind of figured out where the spirit wanted to lead us um, with the study. So where was that? Where what are the what were the themes that were coming to the surface? I think um, the the first theme that was very evident was that. Uh, in the challenge of First Peter, you're not going to be able to accomplish what he's asking us to accomplish without the grace of God. Mm-hmm. So the first challenge was to really understand what the grace of God meant, his sufficiency, his strength, um, literally his power coming through us, allowing and helping us in and going through different situations that are beyond us. I mean, not on my best day can I respond the way First Peter is calling me to respond in the name of Jesus Christ. So only by the grace of God, him fueling this desire for obedience to the cross, to Jesus, um, as my main motivation. But then there was this 
moment, and Susie Larson helped us see it, where it was, it's for his glory. Mm. It's it's casting a vision on what, if you are in suffering, because the first Peter is about suffering, and we don't talk about that in the church no, very much. No, because that's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> that's a hard topic it's to not talk fun. about. It's not fun to suffer mentally, physically, spiritually, by persecution of the church, um, ideology. It's not fun. And so... When Susie kind of painted a picture for us, it's a knowing what you are suffering for mm-hmm. and keeping that as your vision, not only your eternal um, ending place with the Lord in eternity, but actually for the advancement of the kingdom. So it's not just, you're not just suffering for your person, you are suffering for the advancement of God's kingdom. And so that gives a goal to it and when you have a a goal in mind and you know why you are um, asked to respond in ways that are countercultural, there's a lot of countercultural requests in First Peter. It helps, and so by His grace and by His glory is why we came up with that title. It's for His glory by His grace. Mm, yeah, that's good. Is there I anything think, that you wanted to add to that, Maggie? Yeah, I think that was the moment when it kind of clicked when we realized that those themes worked together. Remember, all of us were sitting in a meeting. We had a big meeting about about the study and the process that we were all at in it. And once we kind of realized that we needed to unify those themes, that's, I think, when it all clicked for all of us. It seemed like kind of a light bulb moment a little bit. We were like, oh, now we get it. <laughs> so that's when we were able to really start writing once we realized that that was what we could pull out of a text that really has a lot that you could pull out. Yeah, so true. And and it's not an easy book to read. Mm-mm. So our former station manager, Neil Stavum, was the one that we suggested doing this in the fall. And I thought, oh, that's great. Yeah, one of the letters. That's great. And then I cracked my Bible, opened First Peter, and started reading. It is tough. Very tough. And it gets into dark places. It like It's mm-hmm. like it's searching out dark places. Mm-hmm. So, what I mean, Rosie, you alluded to that a little bit. So maybe if, if you want to talk about that, Maggie, what was that like? Because you're... You're writing this study, but then also it's God's word. So it's living and active and it comes into us and searches out dark places. What was that process like for you personally as you were studying this to write a study guide, but then also it's the word of God. So it's doing a work in you as well. Yeah, I would say for me, there was a lot of um, kind of tough content and stuff that I hadn't really thought about before, like especially how our relationships like reflect our relationship with God. And I think that whole, that whole part, um, about like relationships, responding to authority, submitting to God, submitting to others, that was definitely a hard part for me to read because it's, it's hard sometimes to know what that means, especially in our culture now. So I spent some time kind of thinking about that and like, why does it, why does it matter that we submit to authority? Why has God put authority in place? Because he has, that was definitely a big one for me, something that that I struggled with. And also um, seeing that suffering really does have a goal, like you were saying, Rosie, I think it's so, it's so easy to kind of get bogged down in our suffering. And Peter really brings out the fact that like, we will suffer, we have to suffer, but we have to change our mindset about it. And that was challenging for me because I'm, it's easy for me to get kind of down in the dumps a little bit, like, oh, not this again, or I'm going through this or whatever, but realizing that everything really does have a purpose and a goal and that it is, I mean, Peter almost pretty much says it's a blessing to be persecuted, to suffer because we have a chance to point everything back to God's glory. 
And that definitely challenged my mindset before, because I think a lot of times the focus is just to like try to get through something. You're Mm -hmm. trying to get through to the other side. You're trying to help somebody else get through to the other side. And that can be the only goal. But then when you sit in that suffering and realize that I don't have to just get through it, I can bring. There's a purpose within it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much you can do within it and not just try to get past it. There's so much you can do there to just really bring God glory. And I think that was definitely a big, a big realization for me that I hadn't really thought about before. I think sometimes our tendency tendency is to get through it, like you were saying, but also to avoid it and to go around it. And we, I think a lot like in Western society, American society, we can order our lives in a way so that we avoid pain. We avoid suffering of any, any discomfort. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. myself included at times bowing to the, the altar of comfort, we do that a lot. And so I think, and having all of that kind of stirred up with the pandemic that all, a lot of our comforts were taken and then having this study of dealing with suffering, it just feels, it feels really timely and it feels really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it does. And I think, I think it, um, it's like a, a bullseye, the center of a bullseye is in our culture today and where we have arrived in the Western culture of America specifically, there's a fairness aspect of life that mm-hmm. we think things should be fair. And actually, the content of First Peter isn't that things are fair and that that's a false expectation that gets us in trouble. But when things, when you are needing to um, respond in a way that isn't a knee-jerk reaction for your own protection or you just want to land a really good verbal dart because (laughs) someone's just really insulted you and you know you can take them out at their knees and you choose not to and instead you put on the eyes and the words of your eyes speak love and your words speak love that is countercultural to our world today Mm -hmm. and allowing somebody to you know really feel like they've put their thumb upon you it's it's so beyond what I can do in my own flesh. And I actually have also, through this study, Maggie, you know, we, we have talked about it before, but this concept that God lives inside you, when you read First Peter and start responding in the way that he is asking us to respond with the vision of the end game in mind for God's glory, you really know that God is living with inside you because there is no way you can turn your cheek in our world today and be humble and to treat people well above what they might deserve and do it out of love. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no way that that's going to happen without Jesus inside you. So it was this confirming um, part of our Christian walk that God has taken up residence in us and therefore we can walk out first Peter. Because of the Holy Spirit within us, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yes. When I was a student here at Northwestern, I used to have someone, one of the faculty or staff, every time she would pass me in the hall or we'd have a conversation, she'd end it and she'd look at me and she'd say, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I was really wow. new in my walk. And so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's a little awkward, you. but okay. But that statement is so rich that it's Christ in us, mm-hmm. the hope of glory, that that is what it's all about. Right. right? It's that living hope. Yes. That was something that really stood out to me when I was reading First Peter is that living hope. And throughout the book, and especially the first chapter, there's a big emphasis on like life and 
just things moving. And I thought that was really cool. And then later he connects it to the, the living stones. We're living stones. Jesus is our cornerstone. We're living stones. God is in us and we can be firm, but we're also living and moving and actively following him. So I th- I've always thought in first Peter, that living hope, that living stone, that identity has been kind of, it's a cool theme to track throughout, throughout mm-hmm. the book. And yeah, it's because Christ is in us. He's living in us and he's doing his work actively within us. And I think first Peter, he was so gracious. Peter was so gracious to give us the direction and then tell us the why, mm. you know, chapter three is a hard chapter for many people because it's about women submitting to their husbands. And if you read that, it's women submit to your husbands, and he talks about the behavior, so that if they are on the wrong path, they will be drawn into the glory of God by your behavior and your love. Men, love your women so that your prayers are not hindered. Mm. You know, there's, and that's throughout First Peter. He'll give a hard thing to do, but then he gives the why and why you're doing it. And it's always for the advancement of the kingdom. It's always to promote the glory of God and for to draw people into relationship. Yeah, it was chapter three that I struggled with when I read it. <laughs> that whole submission It's the piece. one we always struggle with, right? <laughs> yeah. it, that's common. Well, and I heard, because it takes a lot of humility, and I heard yeah. somebody say recently, I don't know if it's the, where the word is derived from, but they were use, they were using the phrase from the earth to describe the meaning of the word humility, from the earth, which made me think of you know, from dust, ashes from ashes, dust from dust, that we came from the earth, will return to the earth. And that's humbleness. And that feels, or that's humility, excuse me. And I, sometimes that feels foreign to me, <laughs> if I'm going to be really honest. But that's what we're called to. Sorry, I'm just having a little epiphany over here on my by myself. Um, that it's, that it's that humility that enable, enables us, that humility because of Christ in us, that enables us to be able to submit mm-hmm. to another person. Right. And, and so first the glory is going to Christ because he's the one doing it. Right. And then because God is not a puppeteer, all throughout First Peter, he also talks about, so be of good conscience. Like you are, you are saying yes to this walk. And because you're saying yes, you can respond in ways that, again, aren't coming from our natural, but you've chosen to lay things down and then you are of good conscience, which, why? Because again, that draws people to Christ. Everything we're doing is drawing people to Christ in this first Peter, even though it's really, really hard. And he's talking about persecution, physical persecution for the most part, but it's the persecution, I think, in in the suffering in illness, both mental and physical, that God is doing a work in his body when somebody is suffering and they are suffering with the glory of God in hand. Mm. And we're learning from them and he will make it all right. And we pray for it to be on this side of heaven. And if it's not, then we know it's going to be in eternity. He's not held by time. So we know that he will make it all right. But it's so that's a really hard thing to absorb. I'm suffering for other people in my body. And you're doing some, and this is good. And it's good. And he'll see me through to the end, and I'm supposed to be learning something in this process. I mean, none of that feels very comfortable, I don't think. Well, I think suffering, too, can mess with your identity. It can, Mm -hmm. in how you're identifying yourself, and in 
and who you see God, your, the identity of who God is. Yes. And when you go through suffering, I think that there's a, there's a, there can be, at least in my experience, there has been, suffering has brought about, brought up areas where I thought one thing about God mm-hmm. and I had to let go of it because it was not true and learn like God's goodness. Mm-hmm. If God is good, then why right. X, Y, Z? But God's goodness is bigger than that, and good doesn't mean feel good. And I, that's so. I think we have. Like, what I'm trying to say is that I think we have a lot to learn. We do through suffering. Well, I think we use this term. It's be, it's gaining popularity, but I think we still use it loosely about the kingdom economy. And it is true, though. God's gold is very different than monetary gold that we have here. Mm-hmm. You know, He is always for. Um, the advancement of others. He's always working out of a love position. And that's why James talks about us, you know, doing things with wrong motives, right? We, we, we often want to do things and somehow or another we are graced by it. But really a pure motive to advance somebody else out of the love of God, to serve them out of the love of God, that's his economy. And so when you are turning your cheek and taking insults because you know that that others will look at you and go, why are they doing, why is she or he responding like that? That's so different than how the world responds. That starts the process of a seed being planted that they might want to ask you about your relationship with Christ, Mm -hmm. right? So that's God's economy. That's beautiful to him. And that's so not how we look at it like here. (laughs) And so the First Peter deals with God's glory, his grace, and suffering. Were there any other themes that came up as you guys were studying? And Living Stone, you talked a little bit about us being Living Stones. That's so interesting. That's really interesting. I'm going to have to think about that one for a while. Yeah. And the Living Hope, the Living Hope, which connects to the Living Stones, there's an emphasis, I think, on, on life and how God is always moving in our lives our lives are chaotic. There's always something happening, but God is always moving within us, and we have to be open to to his movement. And I think that's kind of what the living stone phrase is all about a little bit because we have to be grounded in a foundation. We have to have something that makes us firm or at least like hard, like a rock, mm-hmm. you know, but we also have to be willing to respond to what comes our way and give God glory through that. So when suffering comes our way, we can't break apart all of a sudden. Rocks don't, it takes a lot for a rock to break apart, right? Right. right. And we can't let that suffering break us because God wants us to still stand firm, I think, but we have to be able to respond to those things without breaking, I guess. So it's that strong foundation, but still being open to God's call and God's movement in our life. Mm. Is there anything else from the study that you want to make sure that we talk about? I think um, what was very interesting to me as I was reading it is that Peter keeps on calling us into um, an awareness that we are making this choice, that we are to be of clear conscience, and that this is an act of obedience. What he is bringing us into is a um, a buying in to the cross and and knowing that Jesus did it for us and he's doing it through us and it's for his glory so that we do not lose track of the why. Mm. And in holding on to the why, then, then we can stand in faith. Because he also mentions um, on occasion, uh, two or three times, we have to be alert. 
that the that the enemy is roaming, and we're the prize, right? We're the we're the prize between heaven and hell. They're both fighting for us. Jesus has already won us, but you know it's that awareness that we respond for a reason that is heavenly, and it's for God's glory by His grace. It seems like what I'm hearing God is always what I'm hearing is God is always at work, mm-hmm. and it's and we have a we have an active role. In yes. that, mm-hmm. and that is communing mm-hmm. with him, yes. choosing him, choosing him again and again and again. Right. Is there anything else in the study that you want to make sure that we talk about, Maggie? I think you should, um, Rosie, talk about how all of the chapters kind of build on each other. Oh. You had a really, you had a really good point about that. Yeah. So um, there, often you'll see in First Peter, um, depending on your translation. I was uh, reading the American Standard. Uh, you will see the word therefore mm. several times. And so I had learned early, and Maggie and I were laughing about that, early in my walk with Christ, if the word therefore is there, ask what it is there for. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's it's very prominent in First Peter, more so than in other chapters that I recall. So it kept on building upon each each chapter, builds on its next. And so he, Peter is very clear. He does not want you to miss the why of the suffering. Mm. The why of the suffering. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. Well, thank you, ladies. Thank you so much for taking, thank you for writing the study guide. Oh, it was And taking fun. the time to do really this. Fun. It was really fun working and getting to know Maggie better and Amanda. I wish she were here. Absolutely. Very fun. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this introduction to First Peter. If you're interested in finding out more about this or our other Reading the Bible Together studies, Look for Reading the Bible Together resource page at myfaithradio.com. Thank you for joining us, and I hope you'll join us next time. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at myfaithradio.com.